the toxic trap of the wellness industry, growing up on the internet, and embracing queerness with outspoken creative Kath Epps. We're Jasmine and Maggie, and you're listening to Culture Club. This is our monthly interview with a person we find interesting and that we think you will too. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri, Bunwurrung, and Gadigal people are the traditional custodians of the land upon which we live, work, and record this podcast. We would like to pay our respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Today, we welcome 23-year-old model, influencer, and internet sensation, Kath Ebbs. As a teenager, they began modelling with independent youth-run agency Culture Machine and owned the Smoothie Bowl Shack at Glebe Markets in Sydney. In the seven years since, Kath has grown into an incredibly open, critical-thinking, empathetic and introspective voice, using their platform to talk about everything from wellness and sexuality to vaccine hesitancy and mental health. And just a note before we begin, in this chat with Kath, we dive into their history with eating disorders, which some listeners may find triggering. We encourage you to contact the Butterfly Foundation if you need someone to talk to. We hope you enjoy this conversation and you can find Kath on Instagram at Kath Ebbs. So to kick us off, Kath, you do a lot. You're a wearer of many hats. So can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? A little bit about myself. Oh, I always like these questions freak me out because I'm like, I don't know. Like what part of myself do I say? Um, I guess a little bit about myself. I am 23 years old um, and I live in Sydney. I've lived here my whole life. I... I guess I work in the media, sort of, um, and I'm always just talking shit about whatever is happening in my life at that time. Don't know if it's the greatest business model, but um, yeah, that's what I do. Talk shit on the internet for fun. And what else? I feel like I should like chuck an actual fun fact. My favorite color is pastel yellow. Um, Ooh. Yeah, it's my favorite color. Um, my favorite song of all time is You Can Call Me Out by Paul Simon and my favorite movie is Moulin Rouge. So there you go. There's some fun facts about me. (laughs) So good. I feel like Pastel Yellow very much sums up your, or at least your internet personality that I've seen on Instagram. I love when people say that. That's actually, um, yeah, no, people say that about me. I'm like, really? But massive compliment. It's like, it's actually, you know what? Fun fact as well. So Pastel Yellow, when I was younger, my mom used to always say to me, you know, parents just like say stuff. And like, when you're younger, your parents are like Bible, like everything they say is like correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom used to always say to me that I couldn't wear yellow. So I would always like pick out yellow because I loved it. And she'd always be like, yellow washes you out. You can't wear it. <laughs> so I grew up just like not wearing yellow. And it literally wasn't until I was like 18. And I was with my friend Yaz at the time. I was like at the shops and, um, I like picked up this top and I was like, oh, this is so nice. And then put it back. And my friend was like, why don't you try it on? And I was like, nah, yellow washes me out. And then I just like went silent. She kind of looked at me and I was like, wait, fuck that. I can actually wear yellow. Like I kind of had that moment of like realizing your like parents are adults and like fuck them. And then I just wore it all the time and was like, I'm obsessed with yellow. (laughs) You always want what you can't have as well. (laughs) 
Yeah, totally. And I remember this. <laughs> this is so bad. So this one day we were in we were in like Queensland or something. I think yeah, we're on the Gold Coast because we went to like SeaWorld. And Mum took us shopping when we like first got there. And there was this like set, and it was like purple and yellow. And I wanted it, and she was like, "No, it's ugly." And I was like, "No, please!" And I like begged her, like I begged her so hard for this like set. And so she bought it for me, and I wore it to SeaWorld, and I got intensely lost, like the kind of lost where like. Oh they're like on speakers and they're like looking for you at like for your parents everywhere. Cause like, yeah. So I got lost. And then my mum literally was like, it's cause you wore the outfit. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like core memory trauma. So bad. It was like funny at the time. Like it was like, ha. she said it like in a funny way, not in like an actual meme way. She was like, ha ha ha. Oh God. <laughs> okay. I that. And I was like, <laughs> it was funny, but yeah. Now I love yellow, so. Does your mom mind you wearing yellow now? She doesn't mind, but she still thinks it washes me out. I'm like, mom, be quiet. I love yellow. She's like, mm, I don't know. It doesn't suit you. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> but it's fine. Classic. Oh, God. She thinks it's Classic mom. I think we all, yeah, I think we all have an experience like this. Like, um, I've dyed my hair a bit blue underneath and it was blonde underneath. And every second day, mom, like, comes up to me with her box dye at home and she's like, have some and I'm like yeah. mom, mom let me live live my life yeah no 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 it's like my dad my dad's always like that like my brother like loves to change his hairstyle especially in lockdown like every two seconds he'll like he used to have like not long but long-ish like really curly hair and dad was like always on him about cutting it like all the time to the point where it was like shut up and then now my brother just like literally every week he'll like he shaved it and then he like got a mohawk and then he like dyed it pink and dad is just always like why can't you just have like a normal haircut? <laughs> I love that both of you are like rebelling against your parents like stop it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah amazing so you've already generously shared your life with us in four minutes so you've you're very open and you have been open online for a long time so how has that been and how has that journey evolved over the years because you've been online since you were a teen right yeah it's so crazy how long I've been on the internet um it was kind of random for me. I um, I finished high school and I had signed with um, an agent when I was in high school, just like super randomly. I got like scouted, but I didn't think anything of it. I think I did like two jobs when I was in my last year of school and I was kind of like, oh, I hate this, but like the money's okay. And then when I left school, I um, my agent at the time was going on this like work trip thing to like the US and was like, do you want to come? And I like on a whim was like, okay, really mm-hmm. randomly. And it was like, went on this trip with a bunch of like other creatives and it was like amazing. And through that, when I left school, I just started like making videos with them. Um, and as well as like modeling and stuff and yeah, ended up with like an online following. It was like super random. Like it just happened so quickly. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and then it's just kind of been, it's like, it's, it's a weird thing. I think when you don't plan it, because I think when, which like lots of people on the internet, rightfully so kind of like go in with like a vision, like I want to be a fashion blogger, right? So they like start and they try to build a following. They know what they're doing. It's like calculated in this really like great way. But for me, it was like, what do I do now? Like I was kind of like, oh, okay. These people are like looking at me and I don't, okay, great. This is, I guess this is an opportunity of some sort. Um, but because of that, I was so young. I was like just freshly 18 
I feel like the internet has like watched me grow up. Like I feel like a lot of the time, um, you know, when you're in your like late teens, early twenties, you do a lot, like you trial and error a lot of things because you're getting to know yourself, you're growing up, you're, you know, whatever your life ex- like experience is, but you do it all like behind closed doors. So you like try something and you're like, oh, it's not for me. You try something and oh, it's not for me. Um, but I was kind of doing that publicly because like I said, my branding was like whatever I felt I wanted to share at that time, which has been kind of amazing. Like there's, it's really beautiful to have people still on there that have like literally watched me grow up, but it is very like jarring. And I think I did like a lot of things that I don't regret at all. Um, but now I just look back on and I'm just like, Oh, that was interesting. Like I kind (laughs) of like a bit of a wellness rabbit hole because I was like obsessed with food and like, then like, and then at first, obviously I started more like fashion and now it's kind of, it's nice. It's kind of like everything. Like I've, I've, I've probably because it's been so long and just getting older, I've become like a lot more comfortable with just like being myself on there and like people can take it or leave it. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like how I got into it and it's just been like a ripple snowball effect and it's been amazing and it's been really hard and it's been confusing and confronting um but I wouldn't take it back um for anything it's it's I know it's fun I guess I want to um pinpoint that point that you just said about growing up on the internet because in your website bio you write changing and growing publicly allows people to comment. You also sometimes feel indebted to the old you people first followed. This is something I have been struggling with for years. It is also another reason I left this space for a bit. So can you talk about what it's like having different versions of yourself exist online and in other people's minds about you and how that affects your own self-image? Um, yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult, I think too, because people want to like, obviously put you into a box. And I think too, for me, like I said, like a lot of, like I grew up on the internet. So like, obviously I'm going to change. And I think with that, it like, so for example, like when I got a following, obviously I was modeling as well as I was hanging out with a group of friends and they would make like memes and I was like in them. So that was how a lot of people found me. Um, and then that obviously, cause life goes on that group, like disperse and I was no longer doing that. So people just like unfollow you, which is like fine on like a normal logical sense. Like that's obvious, but that takes a toll on your self-esteem because you think like something's wrong with you or people only found you interesting because you were doing this thing that now you're not doing. Or, you know, like I said, when I went down a wellness rabbit hole and I was on my own journey with like um, food and being and like, you know, disordered eating and all of that. And then when I came to this realization that that no longer served me anymore um, in it, it, like, I, like I still obviously have my blog and I still cook and like every so often we'll share like tidbits because like I love you know, working out and eating well, but I no longer was like, I don't want to make this my brand anymore because I think it's feeding into like my own disordered eating and being obsessed with health. Um, But then you get scared because you feel indebted because all these people have followed you for that. And then if you don't do that, they're like, well, fuck you. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's hard and it's confusing. But like I said, I've just tried to like, only really very recently just come to this place of like acceptance of like, well, I'm never going to try and be something I'm not on the internet and I never have. And I guess now I'm just like, my branding is the fact that I'm just literally myself. Um, and that is what it is. And some people aren't going to like that and that's okay. And that's 
nothing to do with me personally. It's just that they came here for something that no longer exists. So they're going to go find it elsewhere. And that's fine because I'm not going to keep up an act of being someone that I'm not because that's, you know, it's not going to serve anyone. Um, But yeah, it's hard. Like it, it is really hard. And it's something I like struggle with, like, like daily like with what I'm doing and yeah how to process all of that and process that people not being interested in you like it's hard like now because of the way I position myself because I I don't have like a specific thing that I like fit into you do as well get self-conscious if people do kind of drop off like it's hard to not take it personally I suppose even though you can understand it there's still that part of you that feels like shit. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And you touched on before about feeling like your content was starting to feed into disordered eating and um, that type of content. So how has your relationship with health and fitness changed over the years? So much. So um, I had a really severe anorexia when I was um, 16, 17, and I was like on my recovery journey, like as I started modeling, which is interesting story in itself and obviously got an online following and I never shared that side of me. I never wanted to ever. Um, but it was hard and, and I think, um, yeah, I was, I was, I was, you know, I was on a journey of figuring out my relationship to food and exercise and I was doing that publicly. And I think at the at the time, 110%, I had all well, good intention. Like, absolutely. Like, because I was in this um, situation, I suppose, with myself of like trying to understand where I sat and trying to undo bad, like, not bad, I don't like that word, but um, self-destructive almost behavior And I guess my relationship has just like evolved from that. It's been like a very slow process of like healing myself. And like I said, it's not now that I'm like, yeah, I don't like exercise and like whatever. I still fucking love to look after myself and um, running and training and lots of other things like yoga and all of that are like a huge part of me. Therefore, they're a part of my like branding on the internet because I like share things that make me feel good and exercise and eating well are those things and creating but it no longer is the be all and end all. And I've learned to kind of relax into that. And so much so that I've actually only really in the past like few months actually shared the fact that I had an eating disorder and that I was going through that whilst being public on the internet, because I feel like I'm at a place where I can share that story. And that doesn't mean that I a hundred percent have control over it, or I'm like a hundred percent, like, I guess in a way recovered, but I definitely feel the best place I've ever been with it enough to be able to talk about it publicly and talk about the things that I was going through whilst being public on the internet and um, being in that quote unquote wellness space and how that wellness kind of space actually didn't serve me. It served me in the way of like, it was almost like a gateway drug in like during my recovery, but the ethos behind that industry is totally not how I align now. And that feels like a stepping stone into being more um, at peace with my body and the way that I don't indulge in really self-destructive behaviors, like, you know, um, like food addiction and exercise addiction and all that thing stuff. So yeah, it's, 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 it's been interesting and something that I'm only now finding the confidence and the security to share 
publicly on the internet. Mm. Well, I feel like it's something a lot of teenagers and especially teenage girls go through is that kind of disordered eating or relationships with our body. Like I remember when I was in year 12, I was like obsessed with going to the gym and I was like really like into vegan food and consuming all of that content. But I can't imagine going through that and then having like thousands of people watching you as like a teenager and like um, not worshipping isn't the right word, but like looking to you for advice and like fitness tips and being put up on a bit of a platform literally. Um, so that must have been really hard. Yeah, no, it, def- it definitely was. And like I said as well, there was a lot of guilt when I found myself going into that other realm of not being as obsessed with food. And then no, I no longer wanted to cook as much as I was. Like I made that my branding. And then I felt really guilty because I was like, well, people are like following me for this and I pigeonholed myself. So what am I going to, what am I going to do? What am I going to, everyone's going to hate me sort of thing. Um, because I, yeah, I, I lost interest, but that was actually like me just being less obsessed with food, which was actually a mm-hmm. positive thing in my personal life. Um, but no, it is really hard because it also helps you justify your behavior. Cause I'm like, everyone's applauding me for this thing, which it, you know, it, it is on, you only see like a, a screen version of it, which is just being like, Oh my God, like Kath is like killing it in the gym. And, and I still am because I still love to work out. I'm still strong and fit, (laughs) Um, but for different reasons now. Uh, But I, yeah, it it is, it is difficult. And I also think it's really interesting because you end up like being like the internet's a weird place. So like a lot of like influencers or whatever that do similar things usually end up becoming friends with each other because you get invited to like similar like PR events. So I was like being invited to those sort of places and and that was feeding into it but then also towards the end it was kind of this revelation I remember like being at an event and being like I care about a lot more than putting chia seeds in water (laughs) Um, (laughs) meditating for an hour every day not saying those things are bad like go for it but I care about things a lot more than I like my life is bigger than more balanced more holistic yeah 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 so um yeah, it's interesting. And again, it's still something I struggle with now. And I feel like I've like let people down or something, but I'm trying to go easy on myself because I need to put my life and my mental health and my health and just me as a person, like being true to myself before pleasing other people on the internet. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle sometimes. Yeah, of course. And I really like how you are open um, with, where you are at with your health journey as well. Like I really admire you for still loving exercise and loving taking care of yourself. But how how do you find that balance? Because I do think that the toxic wellness industry has got its like pinches on everything and it's really hard to like untangle the two sometimes. How is that kind of thought process for you? Yeah, it's wild to actually say that actually – literally only an hour ago I was on the phone to like one of my really good friends and we were talking about this we both like both of us had had struggles with um like food addiction and and especially during this pandemic and lockdown right now we were literally having this discussion because it's very easy to justify old behaviors in this kind of health and wellness realm for example we were using the example when we were on the phone about intermittent fasting and we were talking about how something like intermittent fasting is so like glorified and seen as this like health practice um when really for someone like me it can trigger me into justifying 
actually saving food and seeing food as this thing that I should save in order to then eat it at a time where I can numb myself out or borderline binge eat behavior, but justify it in this like intermittent fasting way. That's just like one example. And it is a juggling act. And it honestly comes down to really intense self-reflection of the why and the why you're doing something. But I think a lot of the time, any of these sort of diets or health fads um, that you see in the wellness industry, such as intermittent fasting, the keto diet, the paleo diet, juice cleanses, celery juice, um, water fasting, like all these things, I don't believe that they are – well, how do I say this? For me, the way I define health no longer includes anything that is restrictive or has rules on me, and that is my rule. Um, and as soon as I find myself, like, for example, right, let's, let's, let's use the intermittent fasting thing as an example. If I genuinely one day am feeling as though like my guts are all over the place, I don't feel like having food yet. I just feel like drinking lots of water until such times. Maybe that's me listening to my body, right? But if I then the other way go, no, I'm not eating until two o'clock because it's going to make me, it's going to help me lose weight. And also if I don't eat all day, then I can like save my calories to nighttime. So then I can like eat, you know, if that's where I go, whoa, 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 Mm. whoa, like no, and I'm not going to justify myself through the lens of wellness. Um, so it's, it's, it's like a constant reflection and checking in with yourself game of why am I doing this? Am I doing this right now? Because it actually is, I feel like it's going to make me feel good. Or am I doing it because it's going to make me feel like I have some sort of control over myself or some sort of control over my life? Or am I using food as a way to like, am I weaponizing food essentially in my life? Or am I viewing it as something that nourishes me and keeps me alive? So it, it is a constant battle. We live in a world that is diet obsessed and wellness now obsessed. And the wellness industry is something I find sometimes more dangerous than the diet culture industry because it paints diet culture in this color of like, no, 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 we're not dieting. This isn't about losing weight. This is just about being healthy. But then there's like this undertone of like, but you will lose weight, which I think mm. is more because it leaves more room to justify your behavior. Like if I come out and I'm like, I'm counting calories, someone would easily be able to be like, "Mm, if you had an eating disorder, dude, maybe that's not a good idea. Or like, why are you counting your calories? Like it's very like more in your face. Like it's very more, we have more language around being like, nah, man, that's some like toxic shit. But when with the wellness industry, it's so easy to, to, um, it's like, it's like the perfect example is also like veganism. Like what's why there's so many people now that have recovered from eating disorders talk about veganism. Veganism is a perfect example of using something that is good for you or good for the planet in a means to actually control mm. your food intake. And you can easily justify it because someone that doesn't know you or doesn't live in your brain can be like, oh, I guess they're just doing a good thing, right? But you know that you're, you, it's an excuse. Um so, yeah, I don't know. It's really hard. It's really confusing. We live in a diet-obsessed world. But honestly, I think it's checking in with yourself as much as you can and just questioning the why you're doing something and how much does something consume your life, you know? It's like if you had, if you drew two circles next to each other, one is you as a person and the other one is diet, culture, food, exercise, how much do they overlap? And if they're overlapping a lot, probably alarm bells are going off. Um, they should only overlap like the tiniest bit. Yeah, such good advice and words of wisdom. I like, I'm just nodding constantly, agreeing with everything you're <laughs> saying. So, speaking of wellness, there's been a lot of conversations, especially 
around the wellness industry in terms of vaccinations. Now, you have publicly been advocating for the COVID-19 vaccine, which I think is so brave given the situation on the internet at the moment. So why is it important to you to use your platform to echo the advice of healthcare professionals and what made you want to share your thoughts um, so publicly? Because um, vaccines have worked from the beginning of, like, you know, since the Spanish flu really. And I you know, I'm not going to talk about like the nitty gritty of like science here because I'm not a scientist. And like I said, I point people in that direction, go on my page, I have a highlight that says vaccine. If you want to listen to scientists and doctors and health experts talk about how it's safe and how it is um, a very effective way in controlling this wild pandemic that we're living in. But the reason why it gets me so right up is because it's just this individualism that is just breeding off people that are quote unquote anti-vaxxers or whatever the point of a vaccine is about the it's about community it's about giving a fuck about everyone else you know I can sit here and be like oh like I'm young and I'm healthy and you know the vaccine might give me more side effects than COVID or I might not even get COVID but it's like that's not the point the point for me is yes I also do want to be protected because I don't want to get COVID and I would like not to get sick but the, the point for me is thinking about the community as a whole and what is the best way that we're going to get our life back and how have vaccines eradicated diseases and viruses in the past? They have. So therefore, I can't see why this one wouldn't do the same thing. Um, and I want to look after my wider community and not only the wider community, but the children that are going to come after me, the children. Like even in, if, if you go back to like the Spanish flu, those people they all took the vaccine. Yeah, some of them got sick from the vaccine, I'm sure, but majority of them didn't. And that's how we live in a society now where the Spanish flu doesn't kill people and it doesn't affect people. And also the more people that get vaccinated, the less chance the virus has to mutate. Therefore, we can actually get the situation under control. I don't think people understand the reality of a virus. If you do not get it under control, yeah, there could be a situation as scary as it sounds in a year or two or three where that virus is mutated so badly that it does become something like a SARS where you get it and it's a death sentence or people will genuinely be scared to leave their house because you genuinely do not want to get this virus because we have no way of of protecting ourselves from it. So I don't know. I just think if you care about society and you care about the world and you care about your brothers and sisters and non-binary folks, you get the vaccine and the privilege that we have to have this vaccine. Even if you look at stats, 98% of gay LGBTQIA plus um, gay men specifically have gotten the vaccine. Why? Because they know the privilege of having a vaccine turnaround in a year, like in fucking 13 or whatever months it was having a vaccine turnaround and be there. That's going to like help control a pandemic they know what that's about because when that doesn't happen, a lot of people get sick and fucking die. Um, so for me, it's just a no, a no brainer. And also I'm not about to question people that have studied for years and years and years. How dare I, um, how dare I do that mm-hmm. when like, you know what I mean? Everyone wants to listen to health experts every single day, except for today. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, how do you think you function in this world? If you get sick, you go to the doctor. If you get really sick, you go to the hospital. We've never questioned it before. Why the fuck are we questioning it now? It doesn't make sense to me. You never question the medicine that you get given when you're suffering from COVID in the hospital. You only question like the preventative one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's 
ridiculous, like, you know, the logic behind it. And people saying things like, oh, this is in a trial phase. Okay, firstly, it's not in a trial phase because you can't just make a vaccine and be like, yeah, I don't really know, man, just uh, (laughs) give it a go. It doesn't work like that. They've done a lot of research, a lot of tests, a lot of trialing. But, yeah, if you want to say, well, it's only been around for like two seconds, okay, yeah, sure, and maybe there is risks to it. But if you calculate the risk, it's not as big as if we don't do something about it. Maybe it is in its trial phase. If you want to say that, sure, so fucking be it. Like we we are living in really unprecedented times um, that a lot of us don't have like whole whole solution answers to. So yeah, you're gonna have to fucking trial on everything. It's like we're in this together. The world is in this together, and we need to find a way out of it. <laughs> like exactly. And it, I love hearing just like the passion in mm. your voice because this is makes me so it's, angry. <laughs> it's almost like tiring having to have this conversation because it's like wake up people like why aren't we just listening to the science so I kind of want to ask a question why do you think there's such a link between people who are anti-mask or anti-lockdown and sorry to say it a lot of the wellness community Mm. um I think I don't want to sound bitchy so I'm like (laughs) reflect okay Okay, I think there's it's really interesting actually with the whole anti-vax movement because you have so many subcategories like you have people that are anti-vaxxers full stop like they don't believe in any vaccines they believe in conspiracy theories behind vaccines or whatever so they're just like I don't believe in vaccines full stop then you have people that are like conspiracy theorists like you have like the QAnons that believe that the government is trying to control us this is all a ploy to like do this this and this and then you have people that aren't anti-vaxxers or or in-depth conspiracy theorists but just believe that the things of like I don't know about the risk or I don't want to put these toxins in my body or like this virus is a little bit different like you know there's that so I think the wellness industry there's a few different things I think there's the main one is that whole thing is like my body's a fucking temple and Mm -hmm. like I don't want to put any toxins into my body there's there's all of like that I think that's the main sort of thing like I've been asking a lot of like it's actually been kind of sad for me like I love yoga and yoga was actually a huge part of my um healing journey um with eating eating disorders and um it's been really sad to see a lot of my like favorite uh studios and teachers come out and be anti-vax like it's been really awful and I have questioned a few a few of them and it, it is seems to be this thing of not wanting to put toxins into their body and not the whole trial phase thing and the whole like um vaccines aren't going to save us and why are we not just telling people to like eat healthier and exercise and do all these things for their immune system and I think as though as I'm like okay on like a very boring basic level okay sure you can have that train of thought but where is your sense of community like it's very individualistic like you can have these opinions like you know there would have been a time where I probably had the same opinion but I can have those opinions and also go but this is what I got to do you know, like it's not the time of day. If we're going to talk any other day, and you want to have a you want to have a yarn about how like people that drink soft drinks are stupid or whatever, which I don't not I don't believe that. But like, if some wellness person wants to like shame someone or be like, we all need to blah blah blah, blah toxins and blah, 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 blah. you can have that on any other day. But like, we're talking about a global pandemic. Mm. Like, we don't have room for for that shit. Like, fuck your toxins. Literally, if you breathe the air that we're breathing right now you're probably screwed anyway um (laughs) and just do do this do this for your for your like I said for the community for your brothers and sisters and non-binary folks for the children to come those poor like little kids are gonna have to grow up in a world we don't know how bad this is this can get so Mm. 
we don't like yeah so I, I don't know I think I think mainly the but there's also in the wellness industry there's a lot of like um QAnons mm. uh, that just believe that like you know that whole like fuck the government thing um so yeah it's also that like I do find a lot of the time people that are in that like wellness world yoga world meditation world vibes um love a conspiracy theory I don't know why I've just come across it a lot I have no idea why maybe just because they're very like I don't know like to question everything which I that's like my biggest pet peeve me like I'm just questioning I'm like your questions are getting boring (laughs) (laughs) questions um but uh yeah I don't that's my take from what I've heard and from what I've seen from like the wellness people I have around me it seems to be this whole thing of like the I don't want to put toxins in my body we don't know the risks and then this whole thing which is kind of a conspiracy of like the government is lying to us they're not telling us everything and they get on like weird like telegram websites Mm. and get fed information and then their echo chamber just becomes that and then they think everyone thinks like that but really it's a small portion of people so yeah have you received much backlash from putting your opinions out there on this subject um at first now not really because I think people know that I like I'm not gonna change my mind um I mean I've obviously like I lost a few followers but that's not new to me I've honestly been losing followers for the past like (laughs) four years so I couldn't give a fuck but uh at the beginning yeah I also had a video I made a video um like a month ago now about just me getting angry about like vaccines um and it got like quite a few views so when that happens you're content can end up in the explore page and I think that's what happened so I had a lot of people that didn't follow me just like commenting and being anti-vax um so there was that but in terms of like on my dms like at first yes but now no because I think people are just like I'm not going to bother trying to argue with them because I'm not gonna budge and also I'd like to think that majority of my followers are my people and my people get vaccinated yes (laughs) very true you would hope yeah (laughs) and just to switch gears here after our big COVID rant um (laughs) we'd also love to talk to you about gender um so you use they she pronouns and we would love to know more about this process of figuring out what gender looks like for you um and the gender euphoria that you hopefully do experience as well um it's been a really interesting journey for me um I so I came out only semi recently um it was like two and a half years ago or something and my first partner or my partner at the time was is sorry non-binary um and that was the first time I was like properly introduced to gender queerness and gender non-conforming and non-binaryness and all that sort of stuff which was really interesting for me because at first it was like had you know nothing to do with me it was just like my partner was just like telling me things or like I would ask them like a question just being like so why this or why that or like can you explain this to me because I was trying to get to know them um obviously and every time they would talk about like gender or like different types of gender or gender um dysphoria or um all that sort of stuff or like link me like a mate like like oh like read this book or like whatever I was just like what the fuck like it felt like everyone was like speaking my language but then I felt really weird because obviously as well like my partner at the time was non-binary. So I was like, oh, I don't want to like have this conversation because I feel like I'm like taking up space or something. But then this one day I just did. And I was like, I don't know. Like I feel really like weird. Every time you talk about this, I'm like 
nodding along inside and like I don't really know what to do with that and then they were just like oh like that's sick and like that makes sense um I don't know just like sit with it and like if you ever want me to like use gender neutral pronouns just between us like I can and you can just like see how it feels and I was like okay and then they did and I was like oh that feels like rad like I really um liked it so I kind of toyed with being like she they for a while and didn't really talk about it like at all I also think because I was with that person for quite a long time and they were on their own really like intense gender journey and I kind of just wanted to like hold space for them um in that and recently being single has allowed me more um time and energy to put purely into myself and what I think and what I feel which is why I recently like changed my pronouns to they she um but yeah, I don't know. For me, it's just been like this really freeing experience. It's it's odd for me. I still do feel very like um, not attached. I don't think that's the right word. But I think why I still have um, she within my you know preferred pronouns is because I do feel somewhat um, connected still to my woman womanhood. But at the whole of it, I don't really connect with what it means to be like a fully fleshed female. And I've always kind of felt like that. Um, and I think too, like I. I've always felt being public, like this pressure to pick something and stick to it. Like even coming out was so scary for me because I was like, I'm like 99% sure that I've always been very fucking gay, but I'm terrified because like, what if I change my mind? And that also just comes from living in like a heteronormative cis world. Um, So now I kind of like the way I approach it is like, this is how I feel today. And today I feel like a very, like I feel very, um euphoric and comfortable saying that I'm like a genderqueer non-binary like lesbian and maybe that will fucking change I don't know I don't think it will right now because that's how I feel right now but maybe it will and maybe that is okay maybe it's okay to identify how I identify and what feels good and sexy for me today and if that changes like so be it um and I think having that mentality mentality has really helped me fully be able to step into my non-binariness because I no longer feel as though that like if I say that and change my mind the world's gonna end so I can just embrace what I'm feeling right now. And that is how I'm feeling right now. And that's what speaks volumes to me and makes me feel comfortable and happy. Um, so I just, I'm going, I'm going with it. I'm riding the wave. <laughs> and as you mentioned before, we understand if you don't want to talk about this right now, but you've been bravely speaking about your really recent heartbreak. Mm. Um, so what are some ways you've been healing your heart? And do you have any I advice for people out there who've also recently gone through a breakup um yeah it's I have been I just like chose to be public about it because it was so weird when it happened like I mean my situation was uh like very not ideal you know it wasn't a smooth it was like a massive like blindside one day like I love you so much next day adios um there was like infidelity like the whole thing was just like I literally was like what is happening I'm the shittest person in the world and feeling so terrible and so heartbroken and then I was I remember this one night it was like the second night and I could not sleep of course because I was just like what is happening like the person I love has just literally told me they don't love me and what the fuck um and I was in bed couldn't sleep and I was just like literally on my phone being like will I feel like this forever? How to get over heartbreak? I was looking for like heartbreak pod. Like I was just like anything right now because I am terrified of the world. And then I was like, wait, I should fucking talk about this because like I need this right now. So why don't I create it whilst I'm going through it? Some people would say that's a bad idea because maybe I look unhinged, but I don't really give a shit. Um, 
And I was just like, I'm going to fucking talk about this. So I guess I did it because I was, I am going through it and it feels so awful. And if I was going through this and I was looking at someone that was going through the same thing, or I had something to look back on, like, you know, if someone goes through heartbreak soon and they're like, oh, I, I can go back to like Kath's content because she got dumped like six months ago or whatever. It wasn't even six months, guys. It was only three months ago. Still baby heartbroken. Um, yeah, so that's why I like publicly spoke about it because I was just feeling so rotten and so shit about myself. Like when you – I think as well it's very interesting like when you get heartbroken, like when someone blindsides you or cheats on you or whatever, it's a very intense feeling. Like it's so hard not to just like question yourself and like I got like the ick of myself. Like I was like, oh, my God, am I like annoying? Like did I drive this person to like – cheat on me and hate me um and that is a very fucking awful feeling and I was just like I don't know anyone out of the influences that I follow talking about this shit so I'm gonna talk about it um yeah so I did it because I was looking for content when I was in the depths of losing my mind so I was like I'm gonna be the content that I want (laughs) yeah I was wondering as well like you were quite um public with your relationship on Instagram anyway, because I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were going on this kind of journey of gender exploration, it seemed, together. Did you ever feel like you owed it to your community to explain what happened? Or was this really just like a pure, like, I want to help people? um, Because I know sometimes people can just like get rid of all the photos and never talk about it again. Yeah, I think it was, um, I think it was both. So I think at first I didn't know if I was going to like actually talk about it as in like be like, like be like make a podcast about it or like I didn't know if I was going to do all that. I was still like unsure. But for me personally, I knew, I knew. So like even I had a boyfriend for like, I don't know, maybe a year or a bit more. Um, and I wasn't like super public with him, but people like knew we were like kind of, like I never like, I posted him maybe like only a handful of times. And I didn't address that breakup because I was like, no one gives a shit. Like I just did the old like archive the photos, move on. And I still got like a bombard every day of like DMs of people being like, are you even breaking up? Like, ah. And I was like, what the God. fuck? So I knew that that was going to happen anyway. Like I knew people would be like, what happened? Because we were so, we lived together. Like people would have known straight away. Like um, we both did not shy away from being very public And so I was like, no, I'm 100% going to address it because I don't want to like, I know I'm going to get asked all the time anyway. So I just feel like I'm just going to like address it. And she's like, yep, this happened, the end. But I wasn't sure if I was going to like make content about Mm. it. That was like, as I, because we broke up and I spent literally two weeks just staring out a window in shock. Um, And then, and then I waited like another week before I put it on Instagram. So I like wasn't posting any content. So like I, during that time I was like discerning what to do and I didn't want to do anything. Like obviously I I didn't mind, like I wrote like a thing, put that up, but I didn't start talking about it until like a little bit after I just announced that we broke up because also I was so fresh in that first month. Like I didn't know what was what. So I didn't want to do it from a place of me like saying something that I would regret or whatever. So yeah, it was both. I knew I was going to address it because I was like, I'm going to get asked anyway, so I may as well just address it. And then it was a later thought to be like, okay, I'm actually going to share more about this. Yeah, for sure. And all up from our conversation with you, um, it's very obvious to to see that you've done a lot of work in the space of, you know, mental health, wellness, COVID, um, 
bloody heartbreak, everything. So I'm wondering what's something that you're proud of yourself for? Well, this is something I really, really struggle with. I'm so like literally my therapist always says I'll like come to her and like we'll have like a little catch up chat for like two seconds before we like talk about whatever. And I'll always like drop in something like about work and she'll be like, wait, what? I'm like, oh yeah, like this happened. And then she'll be like, that's really like big. And I'm like, nah, it's not like, and I just, and she was like, you're so bad. Like I throw everything away. Like I lit, it's so, I'm so bad at saying like, I'm proud of myself or like, oh my God. Yeah, I did that. Um, so I'm trying to, something I'm actually trying to work on. This is uh, therapy. <laughs> yeah, this is therapy. I am proud of, um, I'm proud of where I am right now, even in terms of like everything I've gone through with this like heartbreak and all the things it's brought up for me. It, it has been like, I can't even tell you. It's like all the wounds that ever existed in me, salt has just gone in every single one of them. And then we're in this lockdown. So the fact that like I right now can say that like I am okay and I'm still able to share my story and work and be existent in this crazy fucking world right now that is something that I'm really proud of I think I don't see myself as a resilient person and this situation that I'm in or have been in I'm just like I am so much more resilient than I ever thought I was and even when I do slip up like I fall into bad patterns or you know uh we love when you send your ex a text and you know it's a bad idea yeah, I'm so much better at forgiving myself. Like I'm usually so self-conscious and I'm like, oh my God, like why did I do that? Or like they must think I'm like a stage five clinger or like I've embarrassed myself or like they don't deserve that. So why did I do that? And I'm so much better at being like, no, like I'm a fucking human being. I make not mistakes. Like I do things because I'm a human and like how am I supposed to navigate a situation? And I think the reason why I bring that up is like this situation and things like that have kind of been a metaphor for life and being able to like forgive myself and move through things and know that you can get through things and there is always a way through things and you're a lot more stronger than like you think you are. And it's really important to stop and like pat yourself on the back and be like, oh my God, like I'm doing this, like I'm doing this and I'm actually like, all right, like, fuck yeah, like go me. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm proud of. Yeah, I think that's something that we could all work on. I know Maggie and I are similar, like when you're very ambitious or you want certain things out of life, like sometimes it's hard to slow down and be like, actually, like I am proud of myself or I can forgive myself for whatever it is. So yeah, I think we could all do that, especially in lockdowns. Um, but this is coming to the end of our conversation. So thank you so much for being so open with us and so vulnerable online and through this podcast. Like we really appreciate you taking the time. But before we leave, we would just like to ask, do you have a message to any queer babies out there who are trying to figure themselves out? What advice would you have wanted to heard when you were in that position? Um, oh, such a it, – it, it's mm. – I think this is a hard question because I can give advice like as in like follow certain accounts on social media that will give you amazing LGBTQIA plus information, um, surround yourself with queer people. Obviously, if we weren't in lockdown, I would say things like go to queer events and queer like there's so many queer events, whether that be like, you know, obviously going out to like queer bars and stuff, but there's also like so many community events that you can go to and meet people and that helps you like just find your place. But it's also this really difficult thing because why my barrier to um, coming out and kind of going the other way completely in order to like 
and try and refuse the the things that I felt was because I mean I grew up in a Catholic household so when I say there was no representation it was like the opposite of representation and um you know we didn't like the media has changed it's you know there's still a long way to go but media has changed a lot and language has changed a lot in the past few years but when I was in school um and growing up there was no representation anywhere it was like hush hush no one spoke about it if someone was gay you never like it was like whispered um so it's really hard to say that because I didn't have the tools then I thought something was wrong with me I would like cry whenever I had like queer thoughts um I yeah it was really hard for me and there's nothing I really could have done about that at that time because I didn't have any gay people around me I didn't have any representation I didn't even know it was something I could talk about so you know, if there is, you know, baby queers listening to this right now, it's just like the biggest thing I can say is that you are valid. Your experience is valid. And there are other people out there that are like you and and live like you and they are happy and they are thriving and living their best fucking life. So, um, yeah, just, just explore and allow yourself to explore and discover those parts of yourself because it's, it's really beautiful if you um, allow yourself permission to be on that journey unapologetically so that's what I would say I think what a lovely way to finish the episode I don't know about you but I've got the warmest heart now you've really (laughs) (laughs) brightened our afternoon so yeah just echoing what Jazz said before thank you again for honestly taking the time and like being here and being you and sharing that with us we so appreciate it thank you so much thank you so much for having me as well it's always such a compliment when someone's like come on my podcast I'm like me me (laughs) okay (laughs) so nice thank you